Hey, welcome to Bad Taste. I'm Daniel Schrader, a writer and podcast producer, and this is my new podcast where I roll around in all the garbage I love. This week, I figured I'd give a rundown of some of the TV shows I've been watching. I don't have any grand unifying theories about reality TV to share this week, and I don't really have that much to say about the latest season of Love Island currently, regardless of the coronavirus of it all. Get ready for the only Fauci-approved party in the entire universe. I'm good. I'd rather just give you a few thoughts on the shows that I've been watching this week. First, let's look at HBO. There are two new shows there that I've been following. Um, We've got Lovecraft Country, which is a horror series based on a book of the same name uh, that mixes the horror of H.P. Lovecraft's mythology with the horrors of racism of the Jim Crow era South. And... It's a fun enough show. I do enjoy a lot of the set pieces, and I think that Jonathan Majors is really great to look at, and Journey Smollett is having a ton of fun on screen, but but it all feels a bit thin at the moment. Um, more like I'm watching a comic book of a show than I am an actual show. I feel like I'm watching a more expensive version of the librarians or supernatural and don't get me wrong those are some of my favorite shows but they're my favorite shows because they're bad and not that this show is bad in any way but it's pulpy and it needs to lean into that it needs to have more fun with itself because it's on hbo i think there are some pretensions toward importance that it might feel it needs to have rather than allowing itself to indulge in its crazier moments. And so I really hope it goes there. But this past episode, episode four, was kind of a letdown and really felt like I was just watching a color-by-numbers cable show rather than something from HBO. The other HBO show I'm enjoying right now is The Vow, which is a documentary series about... Nexium, which is a sex cult, but was disguised as a multi-level marketing scheme and involved an actress, Allison Mack, and the leader of the cult, Keith Raniere, branding women and turning them into slaves, etc. It's a wild story, of course, and is right up my alley, as you know from the last episode, when I love the California woo-woo nonsense cult phenomenons. And Keith really taps into that, though he's based in Albany, New York, which, as everybody should know, should send just like every red flag of, this is probably not the world-changing movement that I think it is from Albany. But I, I really enjoy it. I think it's told very well, though it's hard to know where I am in time in the show. The subjects were in this cult for so long that there are times when I get lost in what decade we're in because they just spent so long in it. I do think it's kind of great that Keith, who is the head of this cult, let Mark, who's one of the subjects of the documentary, film so much of this organization's 
work because you have to be like next level delusional to be pulling such a long term grift and then also think that with it all on tape, you will get away with it. I see some parallels actually between it and Tiger King in that way uh, because it was interesting to find out in the Tiger King documentary that the documentarian who was a subject in that documentary series was trying to make his own show about Joe Exotic and that there was all of this tape of him possibly doing a lot of illegal shit. So it's funny to kind of put these next to each other as examples of men so delusional with their power that they can just record themselves being monsters. And it shows you how insidious these organizations become because the subjects of these documentaries that are like the tertiary characters in the Tiger King documentary or the main characters in The Vow are complicit and are having to deal with that on screen. It's really rough to have to watch uh, Mark and Sarah, these two former members of Nexium, have to grapple with what they've done and how they need to fix it. Everything feels like my fault right now. I, think, I feel like, <clears throat> because all these people came through this evening. We brought them in and we had to take them out. So those are shows that have been out for a few weeks, but uh, these next three that I'm going to talk about just came out this weekend. So first, Hulu put out the latest season of Future Man, which is a series starring Josh Hutcherson, uh, who inadvertently gets wrapped up in a like time-traveling, crime-solving, uh, world-ending uh, scenario that, that gets out of hand plot-wise very quickly. And I watched all of the first season because I think Josh Hutcherson is pretty cute. And I really love watching Eliza Coop. I think she's very funny and fun. She was the best part about the end of Scrubs. But Future Man really should have been a one-and-done series. They shouldn't have tried to keep going with it. I don't even know why I watched the second season, but I did and found it so incomprehensible that it didn't actually stick into my mind. I just remember like flashes of imagery from it. But then this week I was on a morning walk, as usual, listening to Michelle Collins on the Michelle Collins show on Sirius. Uh, Highly recommend it. She's hilarious. Love her. But uh, she was interviewing Josh Hutcherson because he was promoting the third season of Future Man, which I only heard about because of this interview and was genuinely stunned that they had even greenlit a third season. I had to watch it just to know what was going on. So I'm about four episodes in at the moment, and it's clear that it's just Seth Rogen getting permission to do whatever he wants. At this point, I'm watching it because I like the characters and I want them to get some sort of happy ending, but I genuinely have no memory of their backstory or really much of their personal connections to anybody else but each other at this point. So I'll finish it because what else am I going to do? But I don't know if I'd recommend it. And I don't think that it should have been made. But eh, it's for me. Along those same lines is uh, 
NBC's AP Bio, starring Glenn Howerton. The series is about a disgraced Harvard philosophy professor who ends up having to move back to Toledo, Ohio after his mother passes away and becomes the AP Bio teacher at the local high school because he needs some sort of job. And the show is about him trying to get out of Toledo while refusing to teach any of these children biology and the hijinks they get into as he tries his various schemes. It's a lot of fun. It never really had too much substance, but that was its appeal. It was there just for the jokes, and it really made some great jokes. The first two seasons were a delight, and I just think not enough people watched it or noticed that it existed. But the classmates all have a fantastic chemistry with each other, and the lineup of adults in the show is so good. Anyway, this show was on NBC for two seasons and then got canceled until Peacock happened, and they were like, wait, just kidding, we're going to give AP Bio another season on Peacock. And everybody was excited, and by everybody I mean me and these two girls that I met at my friend Brandon's birthday two years ago, but um, it was great news. And then I watched them yesterday, and... It definitely had the flavor I was looking for, but it just didn't really fit into what it used to be. And I hate to say it, but I think I have to blame the streaming service for that feeling. Um, I don't know many shows that have transitioned successfully from, from network TV to a streaming platform like that, comedies anyway. And it just felt like they were given too much freedom. Part of what was fun about the show was its absurdist bit of reality. Like, there, it was certainly grounded. But there, it, there was a certain amount of zaniness that was allowed to go on. But then once they joined the streaming service, the zaniness kind of took over. It became the driving force of the show. And so I just feel like I watched them try to cram in a bunch of gags and bits and jokes into eight episodes rather than give me like eight episodes of story that are very funny and smart and good. I think that when it was on NBC, it was hilarious and is something I would certainly have recommended. But this season on Peacock is just a poor imitation of its former self, even if it has the entire cast back in action. The last stop of my weekend TV binge has been The Boys on Amazon. Uh, It's a TV show about a corporation and the superheroes that work for them and a group of vigilantes who are trying to take down that corporation because that corporation is evil. So the first three episodes of the second season came out on Friday and they were a doozy as we all expected. Um, One of the teaser trailers featured a boat impaling a whale, which was hilarious and um, tragic, but that's, I think, a lot of what The Boys is functioning on much of the time. It is the darkest, grimmest humor, and I love it. I, I want it to get as bleak as possible and stay as funny as possible all at the same time. 
I do have to wonder though if um the Am- if Amazon just licensed like th- only the Billy Joel catalog because there it's it's a bit heavy-handed in its uh jukeboxness almost though I do enjoy all of those cheesy hits as they happen and I just have one narrative qualm with it that I got to ask uh so if compound V is a pharmaceutical that you administer to humans to give them superpowers, but then those humans who have children pass on those superpowers, at what point does your compound V no longer hold much capital as a pharmaceutical substance if it has just been disseminated into the human genome via a few generations of procreation. Anyway, that's more of a after boys nerd chat bullshit question that I don't really care about, but I do have to wonder from a story perspective. I'm excited to see where the rest of the season goes as the people trying to take down the corporation realize that the piecemeal ways they're going about it might not actually be successful. And not to worry, this show scratches the cult itch too. I'm going to do everything in my power to renew my light. Mm. Not just for you, but for all the female people that I've offended. Renew your light? Did you just fucking join the Church of the Collective? Maybe. You're an idiot. Well, I guess that's about it for this week. Let me know if you have any questions or comments. Uh, find me on Twitter at RoughShrade or send me an email at RoughShrade at gmail.com. That's S-C-H-R-A-D-E. Thanks for listening. Until next week. You're an idiot. <laughs>